1: We cry out, we worship You.
0: we give you glory and praise. We thank you. We shout how great you are in this place and in our hearts. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Won't you worship with us again?
1: I searched the world But could and as he prayed
0: He takes us right where we are. Everybody is valuable to Him.
1: Just as cross.
2: I want to say that uh, as we come into this Memorial Day weekend that we do need to remember those that that have fallen to keep this country where it is, to keep us free, to keep us in the position where we are. I mean. Uh, what a sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice is what that was. So as I was preparing for this time, I've been thinking about some of the things that uh, Don and Franklin have said over the last few weeks. And I guess it's the, the disciple. What is it? Be one, make one. I keep hearing that. Why do I keep hearing that? Because someone keeps saying it is why. But... So you might ask, what's a disciple? So I looked this up, and just so I would, could could know this, it says, they're a person who grows in Christ and in so doing becomes a model to teach others the precepts or the principles of the Bible, prayer, doctrine, relationship, Christian living, service and worship are the main ones. And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it talks about being a disciple to make a disciple. And it says, to, uh, make disciple of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded is is what it is. And some of the things that Don and Franklin have been saying over the last few weeks, have, I, I'm going to recap it for just a minute. It's what I'm going to do, that, that things that stuck out to me. But a couple of them were, is the the questions from a couple of weeks ago where it says that, uh, number one, it says, have people missed Jesus because of the church, what they've seen the church? And the second one, are we keeping someone from seeing Jesus? Are we guilty of this? Are we the ones that are guilty of it? And then one of the other ones was the survey. I don't know if you all remember the surveys where he was talking about 2017 where it said 71% of the people, unchurched people, would have attended church had they been asked. Or after that, the 84% of the people that were asked the same question in 2019, if they had been asked, would have done it. Or this one, the one that really got me, and I'm sorry, Don, but this one got me the 29% of the evangelical Christians that believe it's his job or Franklin's job or a committee's job, I guess, or anybody but my job. It can't be my job, but it is. It is my job. It is. And so when I think about all these things, I I thank you for for bringing it on to our attention, attention and I, I wrote something in my Bible a long time ago, and 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 I want to share it with you. Do any of y'all remember Irma Bombeck? Does the do any of y'all? Oh, well, I have seen pictures of her. I don't remember her, but I've seen pictures. I'm joking. I remember Irma Bombeck. But she she wrote something, and it's something that I wrote in the back of my Bible because it it really touched me, and it's something that I've tried to go back and look at over time and say. And here's what she said. She says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have one single bit of talent left or gift and could say I used everything you gave me. Hmm. So then I wonder, what am I going to say? When I go and I stand before God, What am I going to say? Or what are you going to say? That it was somebody else's job? It was Don's job? Or Franklin's job? or The committee's job? Or am I going to be able to stand there and say, God, I used every bit of talent you gave me. Every bit of talent you gave me. So think about it. Let us pray. Father, we just... Come to you at this time, just thanking you first of all for being our Father. And Jesus, thank you for coming to Earth, and and making disciples, so that we would be able to read your Word and see what a disciple looks like, to know what it's like. And Father, we just we just thank you for all these things, and I thank you for for Don and Franklin for bringing that to our attention to making it a point for us to see and to know these things. And I pray that you just continue to direct them in the steps and the ways they should go, in the way they teach us, Father. I pray that you be with them. And Jesus, I do thank you so much for coming to earth for us and dying for my sins. And I just give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Here's the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. Anybody? You're nodding, but you're not singing along. Okay. Uh, how about this? Uh, West Philadelphia, born and raised my, most of my days. There we are. Okay. Everybody loves a good story, right? Everybody loves it when we know all the words to the story. Do you know a bad storyteller? Everybody knows a bad storyteller. They come, they'll tell you a bunch of details that don't matter. It rambles. It run. It's, it's like, it, well, I've got to tell you what happened to me. I think it was a Wednesday. Maybe it was a Thursday. I think it was Wednesday because I had that salad for lunch. It was so good. I had the chicken on it. Anyway, you know, and, and all you can sit there and think of is, man, ah, there's 12 minutes of my life I can't have back. And it just goes on and on like that. But but a really good storyteller, a really good storyteller You love those. We all love great storytellers that have a good tone of voice, that have passion, that get to a point. Do you realize that most sitcoms, when they originally came up with sitcoms, that was the purpose of the sitcom, was to get a point? You see, Peter Brady, what we were trying to accomplish was, that's what happened in the last three minutes of the series. And, And a point, a story with a point, they stole that idea from Jesus. Jesus told stories with a point. We're in this series called Disciple, Be One, Make One in 2021. Thank you very much, Donnie, for the recap. I appreciate that. We've been looking at the book of Mark, and you'll notice we're going to finish today in chapter 4, not 16. We started in 6, went to 2, went to 16. We've gone all over the place to see the story of Jesus through the eyes of John Mark, to see that Jesus was a servant savior and he was teaching us how to follow him and how to make others follow him. That's what the, the purpose of this study was. And one of Jesus' biggest ministry tools was storytelling, parables. We call them parables, a heavenly story with an earthly application or, or an earthly story with a heavenly application. I kind of like to think of parables as, as a little bit of peak at, a peek at kingdom life. He peels back the curtain for a minute and says, I want you to see how I react. Now, the one we've, we're going to do today is one that you've probably heard dozens, if not hundreds of times. If you've been in church any amount of time, the parable of the sower and the seed, you've heard lots of times, but I've got a hunch most of you heard it in a way that was grading people. We were assigning soils to different people. And I want to challenge us to go a little bit deeper today. I think there's something so much stronger in this story, and I hope you'll read along with me. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. If you're joining us online or on the radio, welcome to Central Christian Church. My name is Don Thomas. Keep your Bible open or your app open because we're going to read the first nine verses, but the explanation is in verse 13 through 20, so we're going to look at those two. Verse one once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat that he set in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one: Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed as he scattered it across his field. Some of the feet seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly. Because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so they produced no grain. Still others fell, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand may we be encouraged by reading God's word together. I think a lot of people approach Christianity as sort of a a cultural position, a set of philosophical ideas. They they try them on like you go to try on a dress. You go to try on a dress, you want a dress that will accentuate your good parts and hide the not-so-good parts. Am I wrong? Or is that a fair explanation of that? A lot of people try on Christianity that way. I want to find something that shows my good stuff, but maybe hide some of my junk, all right? And maybe my, get, get rid of some of my trash. But you see, Christ shows kingdom that is all in. He shows this story, and we want to look at this soil and apply it to people, but really what this story is about is about a heart that how, how your heart accepts truth and how we listen to his truth. And the first thing that we often miss in this story is the very first word in verse 3. He starts off with this word, listen. Now, all these crowds are coming up around Jesus. He's, he's teaching people. Physically, he had to get in a boat and get away from shore, like four or five feet. And they're all standing there or sitting there. And he's speaking out to them. And his very first word is listen. And I got to looking at that in a lot of different versions and a lot of history of that. I don't think this is a, a harsh word. Hey, you people better listen now. i got something to say. I don't think it was that at all. I think it was more of a a summons, a a call to priority. When he's saying these, he's reminding us that our first priority and the most important responsibility of a Christ follower is very first to be a good listener, to pay attention to what he says. Now, the sad part of this is there are no awards for this. We don't get, you know, shiny stars. You were a good listener in church today, Chase. I'm going to give you a show. You know, maybe we do down in Zone. I, I don't know. But uh, we don't get awards for listening because it requires time, requires concentration. Friends, listening is essential to our walk with Christ. If we're ever going to learn how to be a disciple, we've got to start with listening. And that's key to understanding this whole story. You see, he starts with a farmer planting seeds. And in Israel, the, the way they planted seeds was they threw them out. They had a little shoulder bag, and they would throw them out. They're not in nice, straight rows like we have now with machines, and, and it can plow and plant in a certain number and a certain uh, a grading. It, it was very random. So a farmer would throw out very liberally from both sides. He would just throw with both hands trying to get as much seed in the ground. The more he threw, the more he had a chance that it would grow, that it grew. He was looking for growth. Friends, you need to understand that in this story you and I are the farmer. Look down in verse 14. In verse 14, he starts the in 13 he starts the explanation. In 14, The farmer plants seed by taking God's Word to others. Friends, that's you and me. I was early on in my ministry career, and I was uh, meeting with several preachers, youth minister types, and we were sitting around having lunch, and I will tell you, we were talking about social issues. We were talking about homosexuality. We were talking about divorce and remarriage. We were talking about how to counsel young people and what are we going to do before they get married. We were coming up with all these different social things. And, and we had one older guy that set off to the side. And he kind of nodded along, but he didn't say very much. And after a little while, I turned to him and said, what do you got to say about this? And he said this, Don, I think God put us on, on this earth to be farmers, not policemen. And I went, what? What? That didn't make any sense to me at all. And he said, I think God got, put us here to plant seeds wherever we go. Not to stand outside people's bedroom window wagging fingers at them, telling them what they're doing right and wrong. We need to be planting His love and His hope in their lives. Friends, that stuck with me. That was 25 years ago. And that that rings true. We need to be about planting. We are built To plant his hope in other people's lives. Are you planting? Jesus in this parable goes on to talk about the soils. He starts with the footpath, a path that is hardened by people walking on it. We would call it cleachy, all right? It would be like a dirt road that we have around here. It's been packed down. It's been driven over. It's hard, and things don't grow there. Now, it would be very easy for us as Christians to look at this and say, well, that farmer, he was really irresponsible to waste that seed throwing there. But as we said earlier, he's just throwing. He's trying to get it out there. It is not irresponsible. He's throwing it so it'll grow somewhere, but sometimes it just won't grow there. Friends, there are some to whom Christianity cannot make an entry. Now, sadly, a lot of times that's because they've been beaten down by life. You know, people that have, that have been that way. Sadly, sometimes they've seen the church, and they've seen bad examples of Christianity, and they don't want, I don't want no part of that church business. Do you know people like that? Because there are certain people that are not here for whatever reason. And over history, we've looked at this, and I've sadly heard preachers say stuff like, well, that's what's wrong with all of those people out there. And it's more of a judgmental condemnation. I wonder, have we cried about that? Do you realize when Jesus came into Jerusalem the very last time in Luke chapter 19, He walked into the edge of Jerusalem, and He started crying. He didn't cry out, you stupid people in Jerusalem, you don't understand what I'm doing for you. No, he just cried. He said, oh, Jerusalem, you could have so much hope. Do we, do we cry for those that are not listening? Now, the reality is some of you and some of you online or right now, you're thinking of somebody. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a friend that maybe used to come to church but won't. Maybe they won't listen, and I know you've cried about that. And I'm not in any way complaining. I'm just, I'm wondering if we look at this soil and we we gladly celebrate that people aren't listening. Because I think God wants us to have brokenness about that. To say, and I am so sad that there are people that are not hearing this. We've got to find a new way to get His hope to them. Then he goes on to the rocky soil. I call it drowning in the shallows. He explains why, look down at verse 16 and 17, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's Word. He says it, they have no roots. But I want you to note that there is growth there. It's not just they died immediately. They had some growth and they spurt up. I love this one from last week that Franklin was talking about the, the fig tree. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more. But, but it doesn't mean that when I forgive somebody, I understand everything there is about forgiveness. Anybody? No, it means I'm getting closer. I am taking steps in the direction of Jesus. When I pray, when I wake and I'm reminded of His goodness. It is changing how I'm looking at things. I'm moving in that direction. But sadly, some will, will have a little growth, and it's sadly emotional growth. They get, oh man, I love that song. Oh, I love that church. I love that preaching. I want it to be like that every time. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes you don't get all of that. Sometimes... It isn't your favorite song. We see it in people every once in a while, and they'll walk out and say, "Well, I didn't get anything from worship today." I wonder, maybe it's not about what you get out of worship; it's what you give. Maybe the fact that you were singing "Shout Hosanna," and somebody saw you singing that, and they know the pain that you're going through. Maybe the the fact that you you are here. In your physical pain or in your emotional struggle, and that encourages people. And you sing, you turn graves into gardens when you're still dealing with a grave. Only He can make those changes. Have faith in God. Frank used this. He used this slide last week when he was talking about that fig tree. The story he used is. Jesus cursed a fig tree, and then they went into Jerusalem, and he cleaned out the temple. And then they walked back by that fig tree, and Peter said, hey, there's that fig tree you cursed. And it's dead all over. And Jesus' first words are, have faith in God. His first words are not, well, let me tell you how I did that, and here's why I did that. He just says, put your faith in God. I'm afraid sometimes we put our faith in less than God sometimes we put our faith in faith well if i go to church enough maybe it'll make me feel better if i if i read enough I'm, i'm nicer to people maybe i won't feel as bad as i am friends is your faith in faith is your faith in church how about this is your faith in my way Because when I get it my way, everything's going to be okay. If everybody will just listen to me and I'll get my job like I want it to be and I'll get our politics like I want them to be and I'll get my money like I want it to be, when I get it where I want it, then everybody will be okay. Is our faith in my way? Or is our faith in God? When he's talking about this rocky soil, it didn't take root and i will tell you if your faith is in any of those things it's going to wither it's going to take it's going to have a hard time in the storms and god is calling us to have faith in him and then jesus tells of another soil the soil with the thorns now look and he explains this one in 18 and 19 the seed that fell among the thorns Represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire of other things, so no fruit is produced. Notice that the word does take root here, but it gets choked out. Some of your versions actually use that phrase, choked out there. When I was growing up, I've known this parable for a long time, but I get them mixed up. I get the rocky soil and the thorny soil, and I can't remember which one's which. And, and it all kind of blurs together to me after a while. But it, it really boils down to this, that the rocky soil, it heard the word, but it, it didn't get around to do anything about it. And the thorny patch, it heard the word, but it let other things crowd out the power of God. Jesus even says, here's some of the things you're going to struggle with. Wealth. They had the same problem in the first century that we still do today. They had issues with that then. He said, wealth and things, the lure of it draws our attention away. He said the worries. I love that Jesus doesn't berate us for having stresses and worries. He just says the worries are going to come in and they're going to choke you out. He didn't call them fake he didn't say that, oh, it's all a mess. No. He said the worries of the life come in and choke out the good word. Um, many of you may know Ryan Reynolds. Or are you a uh, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, uh, Green Lantern, which was horrible. But uh, he, he had a lot of good movies. That one was terrible. But uh, Ryan Reynolds is a big star. Uh, you know, he's on social media all the time. He tweeted this out this week, and I want you to hear this. Um, Brian Reynolds, big star, says this. One of the reasons I'm posting this so late is I overschedule myself and important things slip. And one of the reasons I overschedule myself is my lifelong pal, anxiety. To all those that overschedule, overthink, overwork, and worry, you are not alone. And then he put a logo up there for May is Mental Health Awareness Month. We've been talking a lot about that there here this week. And I was just kind of overwhelmed. Wow, man, that, you know, big star, lots and lots of money, all this kind of stuff, and and he still deals with that. If you follow Ryan Reynolds much in social media, you know he has this ongoing feud with another star, uh, uh, a guy that you would know as Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. He's Wolverine. He's Jean Valjean. He's the greatest showman. He's just the greatest period, all right? He was unbelievable. He can do everything. And they have this ongoing feud. These two just gnaw at each other. It's really not a feud. They're best friends. They just they tease each other publicly all the time. Ryan Reynolds tweets out this thing about anxiety. And Hugh Jackman is the very first person to respond to him. And he says this, Mate, your honesty is not only brave, But positive, it will help countless others who struggle with anxiety too. Good on you. I mean, these are big stars. They they shouldn't have any problems. They got money out their ears. They 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 shouldn't have any of our stresses. This quote on the screen is from uh, a speaker. He's a he was a, a preacher out in California. Wrote several books named Jared Wilson. I I really love his books. I really love his writing. This particular quote is part of a long quote that he tweeted out one day and it said this loving jesus doesn't always cure thoughts of suicide loving jesus doesn't always cure depression loving jesus doesn't always get rid of ptsd loving jesus doesn't always cure anxiety but loving but jesus does offer companionship and comfort he sent that very long tweet out about three years ago. On the very day, he took his own life by suicide. A preacher dealing with, and, and in his books, he talks a lot about his struggle with discouragement and depression. And I don't, I don't share all that to, to be a Debbie Downer. I want you to understand that if you are hurting, Jesus is with you. Don't let those thoughts win. Don't let those things choke you out. I think one of our enemy's greatest and most powerful tools is distraction. Satan, when he attacks, frequently comes at us. And his prime target is our confidence, our trust in God. I think that's where he really, really aims at. And these things are going to come in and they're going to confuse us and he's going to attack our trust. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, The God of this age blinds the eyes of the unbelievers. Is our enemy going against your confidence? Because that's what he's trying to get you to doubt God is good. He's trying to get you to doubt that you'll ever be. Anything, You're always going to be alone. You're always going to be messed up. You're always going to deal with this. Yet God comes along and says, You will never be alone. You will never, ever be without me. I love you and I will not give up on you. But you see, we see the worries and we see the pain and we see the bills and we see the frustration and everything going wrong. Friends, don't let those choke out your face. Declare His greatness. Shout, Hosanna, Jesus, He saves. Even if I don't really feel it right now, I feel like everything's choking me out. You turn graves into gardens. You take me just as I am. Friends, if you're having those thoughts, talk to somebody and declare His greatness. But what about the good soil, Don? What's the point there? Is that just people that go to church? I want you to know what happens to the good soil. The good soil reproduces. Look real close in verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as planted. Friends, good soil hears and accepts the Word of God. Are you receiving the Word of God that you have a purpose? You are not washed up. You are not done. You are not finished. He has purpose for you. You need to hear that. That verse that Samantha read again uh, earlier, 1 Corinthians 4.20. Write this down. Go look it up in about ten different versions. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Are we accepting this as, well, that's a good word. That was a good church. Let's just go home. Or are we accepting it that God has power? The same power that rolled that stone away is alive in us today because that's the power that he has given us. And that's the power we ought to be amening. And that's the power that we ought to be talking about. God always intended good soil to bear fruit. Look back at the at the uh, thorny. Look in verse 19. He's talking about the thorny uh, soil. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things. So no fruit is produced. The goal was always fruit. The goal has never been just go to church and be a good person. That's never been our goal. That's never been the, the plan of God is well let's get a bigger church so we can get more people to go to church and be good people. No, the the purpose of seed, good seed is planted and it turns into seeds that make more seeds. In other words, follow me if you can. Those that hear the word need to plant the word so that word can grow and produce seeds that can go plant that word in somebody else so they can grow and produce seeds, so they can go plant that word. Are you following me? Do we see the train here? It is multiplication. It is on reproduction. That is what God is calling the church to be, planting in others' lives. His name is Mick Fanning. They call him White Lightning. He's an Australian surfer champion World champion surfer. Uh, actually, he He's world champion in 2007, 2009, 2013. I think he won it again in 18 or 19. I can't remember what year it was. guy was unbelievable. But July the 19th, 2015, he was in the World Surfing Championships off the coast of South Africa. And he had an occasion that happened, and they caught this all on film. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. It's not gross. He is attacked by a shark. And they got it all on film. And I was like, no, they didn't. Uh, YouTube, oh, they did. Uh, It's not gory. Uh, He gets away. He makes it okay. It's probably a great white. It uh, ends up breaking his board. He gets to help, and he makes it out okay. They had problems with this water. They had problems with the weather. So it was six days later before they could continue this competition. He goes out six days later. Guess what happens six days later? He's attacked by, yes, another shark. And this time it got his board. It got his leg. He didn't lose it. It cut him, but he made it out alive. Can I just tell you a side note? That would be the end of my surfing career. I don't understand why it wasn't the end of his. <laughs> I was just like, uh, I'm done. God clearly does not want me here. All right? and, and they had this competition in waters That had sharks in it. Uh, I was like, you you know, there's a lot of other water on the planet. It seems like you could find a different place to do this. So they're interviewing this guy after the second shark attack. And they said, are you quitting surfing? And he had this quote. Surfing got me through the hardest times in my life. So to turn my back on surfing wouldn't be right. Look real close at the screen. Take out the word "surfing" in both of those places and replace it with the word "god and that should be what you and I be saying every day. Well let me ask you this it may, it made me think: Have I avoided some shark infested waters like I said, <laughs> fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. I'm not going back out there i uh, Maybe we have avoided some shark infested waters. Maybe we've avoided some soils that aren't really growing. That's ah, too much work, or I tried, I invited them one time, and I mean they I just, I'm just done with it. You hearing me? Because discipling is our job. It is our calling. It is our purpose. Whether we avoid sharks, whether we avoid bad soil, that's not our call our call is to plant our call is to make disciples because we are being disciples friends we can become so afraid of death that we never live we can miss out on exactly what Jesus designed us to do grow more the problem is not in the message okay it's good I promise you, it's 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 very good. Now the method of delivery, we're gonna have to change that all the time. That's gotta be changing how we come up with it. We gotta find new ways. If there is hard soil in your life, we gotta find a new way to connect with that soil. Not just some old we gotta find new things. We gotta be thinking. Because God is calling us to take his message to Portalis and wherever else we are. He is He has made us His disciples. He has called every single one of you that is in this room, that is watching online. He is saying, you are mine. Now go make more. Go reproduce. You've heard me say dozens if not hundreds of times, we're a Bible-believing church and a Bible-using church. I want that, and I'm really specific about that, that we have a Bible opener, an app open, that we're in the Word together. I think it encourages us when we're actually reading it, not just having somebody tell you about it. I want want us reading it. But I wonder if there's not another side of that. A Bible believing, a Bible using, and a believer reproducing church. Maybe that's what he is calling us to be. So what are we going to do this summer? Are we going to reproduce? Are we going to be disciples? Are we going to make disciples? Inviting, planting, scattering seed. Because that's our calling. And that's what He's called all of us to do. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to You in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our brother and our friend. Knowing full well we don't know everything but we're asking you to fill us with strength and power to be your disciple and to make more disciples father i'm still overwhelmed that you take us just like we are we are broken and we come to you to be mended and i pray that you will encourage us to see that in other people that just as we are, just as they are, they are valuable to God. May we tell your story, because your story is the only one that matters. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in portales New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission connect with us visit our website at centralwired.org